this is Kelly Wilson, and we actually served with uh, CIA, Christians in Action, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But specifically, we're in charge of the mission that reaches out through athletics. Uh, we actually use a lot of the University of Tulsa's athletics events, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But we actually call ourselves the University of Tulsa Caniacs, as they are the Golden Hurricane. So Caniacs, they don't know. We're not related to the chicken. Uh, still, uh, the reason why they asked us to do this is because we actually do things a little bit differently. Uh, we don't just use other uh, use our own events. We actually use the University of Tulsa's athletic events to actually have a reach out pro uh, program, if you will. And today, what we're going to dig into is why sporting events are actually very fruitful, and it's a great avenue to go. How Caniac looks and operates, so that you can kind of get some ideas for maybe starting your own organization on your college campus. And then what benefits and challenges you may uh, encounter both inside and outside of your ministry. And then practical steps to uh, really get your own organization started. So, like I said, instead of creating our own events, we actually hold all of our events at the University of Tulsa on campus that are already pre-planned. Football, basketball, sometimes softball, uh, bad volleyball teams, different things along those lines. We use those events to be able to do that. We also go to sporting events. Uh, radio shows that the coaches put on, the homecoming events, and campus events that are supporting the athletic marketing and the like. So, uh, you know, you'll be seeing a lot of pictures on the screen that we look a little bit differently than your normal campus ministry, as we're going to be dressed up a little bit funny. <laughs> but the point is, with all this, what the Caniacs really wanted to be, who here is uh, soccer fans? Like, we got the World Cup going on, right? So, ultras... The supporter sections that go crazy and nuts, that's us, okay? We actually do that for athletic events at the University of Tulsa. And so we paint up, we have flags, we dress up, we do whatever we can to bring student life and bring people together through sports. But again, we do it a little bit differently. And so we talk about sporting events and why sporting events are the avenue that we're going. We've tried casino nights and murder mystery parties and all the other events that kind of the other ministries in our area are doing and they're successful on their campuses and they haven't worked at the University of Tulsa. So we had to find a different avenue to go. Um, and it kind of fell in our lap to start out and go to paint up at football games. So that's kind of what we've directed to. You'll hear from some students later that the culture at the University of Tulsa is very academically minded um, and very hostile towards us and our mission at times. And so we're trying to infiltrate in a way that um, gets us in the door, gets us connected with students, and lets us continue to do God's mission on that campus. And so that's why we've gone to sporting events. And it's not that I love football, because I don't. I would much rather enjoy it from the comfort of my home, behind a TV. But much like the atmosphere in here today, we're out in the sun six or more hours on a Saturday, painting up students and fans and all the people that come to the games. And then, of course, we stay for the game. And then there's people like Kevin that love football, but I don't know that every Saturday he would want to give that up either. But that's not what it's about. It's about the people that are going to the games that have committed themselves to be there because they are fans of the University of Tulsa. And so we want an avenue to connect with them. And sports, um, it brings everybody together. Um, even though they don't share a lot of other things in common, at that moment in time, you are rooting for the same goal. And so um, it gives us an avenue to introduce ourselves, and it helps us grow our community in more ways than one. And then also, something that we have to realize 
whenever you start any type of ministry, whenever you do this type of thing, first thing you need is a wartime mentality. Because we're at war. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But God has also called us on a mission, right? He called us to go into the world. Our world. Our world does not start outside of the United States. Or outside of our state. It starts on the community that you're on. It says here, Matthew 28, 18, 19, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Well, sometimes you've got the nation of Tulsa. Okay? you got to realize that it doesn't start in you know, your nation, your world starts at your back door. Also, Mark 16, 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Right? So we have this mission in mind. And we've got to be able to have that in mind. But, however, going into all the world sometimes is a little bit more difficult, right? Especially on college campuses. You run into a hostile environment, like uh, Carrie was talking about a little bit. Bureaucracy that is just impenetrable. <laughs> you just, you try everything in the world to try to get through the steps that they're telling you to do, and then they're still like, no, sorry, can't do it. Or maybe the culture is a little bit different, or... There's a lot of different obstacles that get into your way. However, God has always been one to call his people to infiltrate these communities. So, um, if you look at the next slide, please. So, uh, like we're saying, infiltration, defined by Webster, is to enter or become established and gradually or unobtrusively, usually for subversive purposes. Okay? So, God has called us to infiltrate these communities. Just like you would if you were a spy, if you were at war and everything along those lines. And I want you to think about all the communities in the Bible that God actually used his people to infiltrate. Okay? I mean, go ahead. Uh, if you look at Egypt, the Promised Land, uh, Babylon, that we've been talking about, Rome, and a lot of people are thinking about now, hold on, Kevin, we infiltrated Egypt. Yes, absolutely. Think about it. If it wasn't for Joseph that was being brought into the world, into that community, the Israelites would have never moved. If it wasn't for the Israelites moving there, then Moses would have never been able to bring them out. But here's the funny thing. When Moses did bring them out, look at what it says here. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Sakoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. Many other people went up with them. It wasn't just a million Israelites, folks. Other people came with them. So this is proof that they had success in infiltrating Egypt because people saw what God was doing. Yes, it was through the plagues. Yes, it was through bad times. Was it easy? Absolutely not. In fact, they were enslaved. But at the same time, they infiltrated an impossible community. Let's think about Babylon for a second, all right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel are all brought to the same community within Babylon, taken out of Israel. And when they are, they're thinking, you know, everyone's thinking, okay, this is captivity. But here's what God tells them. Jeremiah 29, 5-7. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses. Settle down. Plant gardens. Eat what they produce. Marry and have sons. 
Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. He puts us in these communities for a reason. He drops us in here for a reason. And then even though this is quote-unquote punishment for God's people, God wanted them to invest in their community. Time, energy, resources, everything that they have. Same thing with our college communities. Same with our high school communities. God wants us to invest where we're at. We don't have to go on short-term mission trips to be able to do the mission. The mission is here. And he wants us to infiltrate and look to our communities so that we can do it. And again, yes, all of this was never easy. But think about the fact that out of all of this, what happened to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon? If you read the book of Daniel, which Daniel and Jeremiah were all contemporaries at this time, Nebuchadnezzar wrote a whole entire section of the book of Daniel where it says, I give praise to the Lord God Jehovah Almighty. Even leaders can be changed if we invest in our communities. So keep thinking about that as we're talking about infiltration. And remember, God is a God of strategy. It's never easy from what we have. It's never easy. But it's why the Romans and the Jewish uh, leaders were taking men in the book of Acts and they also said, these men are turning the world upside down. And now they have come here. We need to be a people like that. Who are willing to go in and invest in communities and turn the world upside down, their world. And sometimes you gotta remember you can't do it just by sitting there and saying, hey, we're a Christian organization, come be a part of Jesus in this culture. That doesn't work sometimes. You gotta be smart. And this is where our strategy comes into play. It's never easy, but God will always show us the way to infiltrate difficult communities. And how we did it is through gaining it. So there's going to be two parts of our talk today that are super practical. This is the first one, and we're going to talk about just the structure of Caniacs, and literally, if you were to get plugged in, kind of the organization um, that we go through. So our mission is to create disciples of Jesus through reaching out and supporting the University of Tulsa athletic events that are held on campus. So how we do that, and what we've developed kind of over four-ish years of this, um, are some events like Painting Faces, um, of ourselves and our students, um, hanging out before, during, and after games, bringing student life to the events through pictures, conversations, social media, things like that, and then providing support as well to the student athletes, coaches, spirit squads, marketing team, and staff like that. Um, we provide water for the spirit squad uh, during games. We're cheering, we're chanting, we're dancing, um, we're singing, we're acting funny, bringing attention to the team and to the supporter section, making it a fun environment to be at. Um, and then leading chants kind of in conjunction with or sometimes filling in where the spirit squad is not leading chants, we're kind of guiding that for the student section. Um, two of the biggest things, if you're going to set out to tackle sports, whether it's football or anything else, um, are two of the best things you can learn for your ministry, regardless of what avenue you're going, and that's to designate and to delegate. Because Kevin and I, we, we cannot run KDX by ourselves. 
I think there's a time when we had tried, and we're like, this is just not going to work. And so we connected with the people that were around us, that were already involved and already part of what was going on, um, and put their talents to use. So we um, developed different crews who each have their responsibility on a game day. So we have a setup crew and a breakdown crew, um, a paint crew, advertising team, photography and marketing team, and a water crew. And so if we say we have a 7 p.m. game time, so it's football season, we've got a game around 7 p.m., our setup crew is going to show up at the coffee shop, which is our headquarters, it's where our supplies is housed, and they're going to pick up what we need for the game. So that's tents, tables, paint, props, um, any giveaways that we have, the water coolers for the spirit squad, and things like that. We'll get to campus about 3.45 to unload, and the rest of our team will meet us there. We don't have 20 people go help us load up when we really just need like five. And everybody's ready there to help us unload. Everybody's on the ground. Once setup is complete, painters kind of take over the paint area, the marketing team takes over the photo booth, and everybody's setting up their individual area. And then we make sure everybody gets painted up, and then the crews start to go out to work. So advertising team goes out and starts um, promoting on campus, hey, go to this gate number, this is where we're set up, you can get painted, you can get a tattoo, you can get a free shirt maybe, um, and we make sure we're there for the team walk, so as the coaches and the players are making their way into the stadium, they see us there, they know we're behind them, they know that we're supporting them. Um, the water crew will go take the water buckets, the water coolers, and set them up on either side of the stadium. Because as much money as athletics has, for some reason the spirit squad has no access to water except during halftime and what is in their own little water bottle. So we've put up cool gallon coolers and they refill them while they're on that side of the stadium. Um, and it's something that you think, okay, well, water, but they are so appreciative of it and they thank us for it often. Um, so that we go in and we get seated, so our team is getting seated. Um, and then there's a couple people that stay and break down, but by that point we want the majority of our people in the stadium. We want when the game starts, as much of a force down in the front of the stands as possible to start cheering them on. Then kickoff goes and the game starts and we've seen football games, sometimes they're nice and they fit into our nice little four hour time block and sometimes there's overtime and overtime and overtime and then at some point the game will end and we unload our stuff at the coffee shop and we'll go out to eat somewhere. We'll take our crew that was with us and any guests and friends that we've met and we will head out for some additional bonding time after that. And what's also really cool is with the breakdown drop-off here at 7.30, we actually have a team that is willing to miss part of the game to go ahead and drop off all the stuff so we don't have to go back to the coffee shop afterwards. Because after four hours, at a 7 p.m. game, you're that's looking about midnight, 1 o'clock, and even though that's great college hours, everything <laughs> along those lines, uh, a lot of people are tired, we're getting older and wiser, so that's what that's all about. <laughs> Yeah, and so this is just what we've developed. It works for us on our campus with our people. And you'll find if you venture into this, what works for you. And it doesn't have to match this. This is the only way that it will ever work. This is just our example. Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're going to jump into the idea about obstacles that we have faced. So uh, we actually want you all to meet Naomi Franklin. Uh, so Naomi is going to be talking a little bit. Some, uh, she's actually been with us. She's a TU alumni. She's been with us since the beginning, so she's going to just kind of talk about some things that she's seen and everything along those lines, and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, as Kevin mentioned, so the reason I even moved to Tulsa was to pursue my master's degree at TU, and I chose TU because 
It is known as being a very academic focused school, being a prestigious school. They had great programs, and I also received a lot of funding, so that helps too. Um, but one of the reasons why I chose to go to you was also one of our major obstacles that we face. And so even though me having that mentality like so many other students, it's still a struggle to really understand like how can we bring these people, how can we like pull them into um, a sports community. And um, you know, whenever we started Caniacs, sure I was 100% on board, reaching students, showing them Christ, I was all for that. But just because I had it here didn't mean I had it here in my heart and inside and verbally to some people, you know, like, I don't give two flips about football. Um, I like sports, but I don't like football. I don't really know a lot about it. I was having to give up my Saturday. Um, I was having to paint up my body. You know, I really didn't have a desire to do that. Um, I was having to step out of my comfort zone, talk to people, meet people, you know, like, I just didn't have that desire. And, um, you know, we were trying to boost TU's spirit, and I'm over here like, yay, you know, like, I didn't even possess it myself, you know, so like, it was just, who was I kidding to try to lead with these people when I even lacked that spirit too, there needed to be a change. And some other obstacles I even uh, faced were just the responses of not only administrative people, but also some of the students. We had tried to even work with student government. Like, they even approached us to help them get students on board, get students there in the community. And when we would uh, collaborate with them, and let's say what we were doing succeeded and what they were doing really didn't, that made them envious, jealous, I don't know, whatever it was. Instead, they saw it as a threat to them. And so I had just experienced, after those types of events, them being really harsh about us. They, I remember one time, um, me and my husband, who was going to law school there at the time, we had gone to pick up some supplies for an event we were doing later with the student government. And they had just chose to ignore the fact that we registered, that we had said we would help. They were like, we don't know who you are. We don't, like, they just completely flat out, like, who's Christians in action? And they made some little, you know, like, comment, um, very flippant of, oh, you guys are Christian people. You know, they just, just trying to make fun of us. And we walked away. We didn't participate. And that was really disheartening because our, our heart was there. Our motives were there. You know, we were really trying to help them even, um, and they just kind of pushed us to the side. Uh, and when leadership changed a uh, year or two down the road, I there's another open door, and with a different perspective, change of heart, um, I decided to help lead the paint crew that was part of the group. And um, you know that even came with its own challenges, because what I wanted to do was not just to have people to help paint, but I wanted to take that mentality of you know, making, maturing, being a disciple. And so, yeah, we were trying to bring in uh, students to help paint, but I was also trying to bring up other leaders within our group to help take over and just to pass those responsibilities along and for them to learn different leadership qualities um, that, can be, that can be learned through doing this. And, 
I just faced a lot of challenges of getting people, yeah, just to commit, um, getting people, same, same mentality I had, they did as well. And so I really had to be encouraging and um, help them just really confront issues where, you know, they were irresponsible or whatever. I even had one person who, you know, is trying to divide up schedules and be like, okay, you only have two Saturdays where you have to be in control of this. Like, you know, really show them that it's not that big of, like, it's a big commitment, but at the same time, you're really not giving up that much. Um, she still was flaky. She had her mom bring up the supplies instead because she wasn't going to be there on time. So, like, all of those things can be really disheartening, but, um, as you know, I was going back through and just thinking about, you know, how have we overcome? How do we continue to have to overcome these obstacles? Uh, just, you know, that whole reframing idea, and you know, believing in your cause. Like I talked about, you know, I was the one over here seeing. Like, um, Clint uses this example a lot, and I thought it was um, appropriate when you say, "I got the joy, 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 joy down my heart." You know, and like so many times. Thing is, like, I got the joy, 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 and I, that was me in the student section trying to, you know, cheer and chant, and so I really had to let, you know, what we were doing show on the exterior and um, just be really pumped up. I also had to learn how to pull in the students and use their talents, whatever they might be, um, and you come across all different talents, but I wanted to make sure that they knew that they had a place within PDX, whether it was uh, actual students at TU or students within our group that were just helping, I wanted to show them that they belonged, they did have a fit, and that you know we wanted them there no matter what. And one thing that did work, uh, I feel like somewhat effectively, some of the students that we were connecting with, uh, either they really didn't care for football either, or um, they with the academic mentality, they're like, well, we have tests on Monday, we can't stay the whole game, like, that just takes up too much time, but we wanted them there, and they love to paint, so we were like, well, just come for paint up, you know, just help with, you know, whatever, and really just um, encouraging them and boosting them. We were able to get, you know, several people returning, at least just for the hype time uh, mm -hmm. before the game, and, um, Something else that I was thinking was really encouraging that helped us to overcome obstacles is just uh, maximizing our outreach potential. In Tulsa, we're really fortunate that we have um, other surrounding either colleges or universities. And so kind of looking at this opportunity as not only reaching TU students, but also TCC or RSU and bringing them along as another way to um, to get those other students involved. And then the last thing I was thinking about was just not underestimating the power of a relationship. Um, even if it's that one time that you get the name or the connection, it's made and there are other ways to continue furthering that relationship even though it's not through that football game. Absolutely. Thank you, Naomi. You're ready. So, she talked about all the different obstacles that we faced while being out there over the past four years. However, we need to reframe what an obstacle is, okay? So, we're going to read this very quick. In fact, uh, someone read what's on the screen here. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. Anybody? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Okay, so first off, one thing that uh, Paul reveals here, he reveals two things. First thing is this. Obviously, there's a war. Okay? But hold up. Where does it say that there's a war there? Uh, look at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God. God doesn't give us armor so we can have tickle fights. Okay? <laughs> God gives us armor so that we can actually go out and fight. Uh, there is a war. There is a mission. There is a battle. That goes along with it. So looking at that and thinking about that, with the war, there is a mission. And that no matter what the battlefield looks like, I work at Oral Roberts University, you know, TCC, Tulsa Community Talk. Whatever that looks like, okay? The mission is still the same. We go and see lost people and bring them in. Doesn't matter what the mission field is, the mission is always the same. So, the second thing Paul also reveals here is also the enemy is not flesh and blood. So many of the obstacles, we can automatically jump into the idea, oh, here we go again, the school administration is locking us out. Oh, here we go again, uh, the people are not coming in, we're going to blame them. What we don't see is the fact that Satan and his hordes are at work. They're the cause of it. Okay? That we're fighting demons off of people that are not wanting to, and sometimes that's even our own people that we bring. Uh, also, uh, when people become selfish, when people want to do something that actually hurts our cause and makes us look bad, we have to look at it from the perspective of God has sent us here on a mission and it's not their fault all the time. They're choosing to do these things because of whatever demons are in their life, whatever choices, and they may not even realize that they are hurting the mission. We have to choose to look at it in a different way. So we look at it from there, but then we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6, 18, and here's how you fight back. Paul tells us, and pray in the Spirit of, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So he goes through the whole entire armor of God, right? And we're not going to sit here and talk about armor of God, because we know the armor. Okay? We, there's a picture of it right here. We talk about all the time. But then look at the fighting scene. Look at where he asks us to go with that. Our fighting stance is on our knees. It's in prayer. So when we look at that, that's how we fight about it. We can't do anything when the administration locks us out. We can't do anything when someone's being selfish. The only thing we can do is pray and allow God to fight for us. And every single time we have prayed about something, God has spoken to From the spot that we had to the fact that we got a brand new coach, and guess what? He was a member of our church. Okay? God brings the things we need when we hit our knees and ask. And for the main thing about that, if we don't ask, if we think about this as all a physical warfare, we're going to lose we're going to lose. So we're going to talk about some of the benefits when you fight through these obstacles, what you can end up seeing um, in your ministry. And our goal is ultimately to reach people. If, if, we, if that wasn't our goal, we wouldn't be doing this. Um, but if we're too focused on thinking we should reach a certain type of person or something like that, we won't miss out. And I think for 
for me specifically, anyway, I'll speak for myself, going into Caniacs, it was like, yes, we finally have an avenue. We're going to reach the students at the University of Tulsa. We're going to bring them in. And we're going to show them what God, has, what God has done and will do with their lives. And we're finally going to bring all of these people to Christ. And no. <laughs> that did not happen. It wasn't until this past February that um, Roxy brought a friend to a game. And we met her. We connected with her. She studied the Bible. She's committed to being a disciple. And now, and this is four years down the line. That's not to say we haven't made connections and friendships and relationships with students that we're still building. And who knows where they will go because we can't predict the future. But to want some tangible evidence in front of us, four years is a long time to wait. Um, and it wasn't just our people. Some of it was our attitudes and our hearts that we had to get over and adjust. But some of it was the students at the University of Tulsa, they do. They show up for a game, they get the free supplies, and then they leave. By halftime, the full student section is dead empty. And it's like, well, it's not even that I don't want to reach people. There's literally nobody here to reach anymore because they've all gone home. Um, but while we're so focused on the student section is so empty, the people that were wearing our Caniac shirts, the people that were coming with us to set up for these games, were growing. When we start our summer planning session and we've got a handful of five or six people and we're like, okay, this is, you're in charge of this, um, find, find some people to help you because you can't take these people because they're in charge of other things. And then, you know, a couple games into the season, we have a full crew there. We've used up all the free tickets the university is giving us. We're asking our people, hey, can you buy a ticket because, you know, we're out of our free tickets. And so we were so focused on the University of Tulsa students that we were missing all of these other students God was bringing us and all of these other warriors that God was bringing into our army. Um, and we were so focused on infiltrating the campus, God was building and preparing us with a crew that can tackle it, I think. And I think we're still growing that. And as we're seeing the relationships and seeing people come, we have a target to aim at. We have, when we have our cross chats on Wednesday nights and we announce, hey, there's a game on Friday or Saturday, like we're gonna meet at this time, you know, as a reminder for our people to show up. And then I'm getting texts and phone calls, hey, do we have an extra ticket? So-and-so wants to come. I don't know who so-and-so is, but yes, they can come. Like, we'll find a way to make it work. And then they show up at the game, and they're stuck with us for six-plus hours. But that's six hours of amazing relationship-building time. Captive audience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, and you see, real, you see people's real sides when you're in the heat and when you're outdoors all day. It's like you can't really hide behind these masks. They see the real us. There are some games and some events that we held where people saw things that were not Christ-like. They weren't. They were very disappointing to us and to our organization. But when we got back to the ground, I was like, okay, well, this has to be addressed because that's not going to bring anybody to us because that's not attractive. Um, and so we have a video that we're going to look at of um, someone that came um, that we met and that ended up getting connected to us through... <laughs> So this is Robert Thomas, by the way, so we'll let him speak. And he's here, he's wearing a yellow Tulsa shirt, I think, so if you want to go rag on him, that you saw his video, it will embarrass the mess out of him.
And you know what? We'll just go. I'm going to keep talking, and if it starts playing, I'll stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, so all of this to say that nothing is done in vain. God wasn't closing doors um, for Caniacs, even though there were obstacles. He was trying to reorient us um, to the true purpose of why we're there. Um, and uh, I'll go ahead and just tell Robert's story very, very quickly. So he came to us uh, as a, uh, basically as a church kid, uh, kingdom kid, if you will, came to be a part of a community, and he just thought he was going to a football game with us. And, but then all of a sudden he started getting uh, brought in on different things, and different, uh, such as the breakdown and set up crew. So someone started bringing them in. All of a sudden, about a few uh, games in, someone's like, we need you to step up and actually do this. So he actually took over our setup and breakdown for the most part. So he starts doing that. He didn't even know he was building into a community and that he was investing into that community until it was too late. He was sucked in. And he was like, and then all of a sudden he's like, how in the world did I get this in here? Well, the thing is, all that happened was he was voluntold. So, nope. See, one more time. If not, okay. So we're gonna pass on the video. regardless of the rest calls, regardless of the weather, regardless of what obstacle we've had to overcome that day or that week. Um, and we provide answers to the needs, like the spirit squad, dying of dehydration out on the field, um, or for the fans and the coaches and the athletes. Um, it just creates a different environment, and it's a slow process. You don't do it in one football game. You don't do it in four seasons. But you do slowly change everything. Um, that's going on there and it's appealing and then people start asking you what are you doing why are you guys here the students that we bring in that just help us clean up and then they go back to studying and say like wait you guys are part of a different organization and that opens the door and that's the foot in the door where we can start talking about God and why we do what we do why we do what we do and then yeah and then also what's beautiful about this is when you're appealing you make long-term connections with your students with your school with the administration, with the staff, with the coaches, everything along those lines. I mean, you see, uh, we actually get to hang out a lot with the Spirit Squad. They love us because we're sitting there, we're cheering with them the whole their game because they're so used to, uh, before we came along, cheering to an empty section of students who would leave halfway through. But we stay and then we bring other people with us and we're yelling and cheering, even when it's going well and even when it's going bad. Either side of it. And you want your organization to have favor with everyone without giving up God's favor. So what that means is this. You want your organization to taste good when they say it. Okay? They, they, we want to be that group where they're automatically looking at and saying, I want the Kenyanics there and here's why. They know who we are. We want it to be appealing to them and to have favor with them. But not on the same side of giving up God's favor. Because sometimes student organizations are forced 
to have to give up some of God's favor and what he is wanting to do with it so that they can be a part of the organization. It's not worth it. God's favor is much more important. And then also Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Uh, this is big thing about team building, we all know the verses. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A quart of three strands is not quickly broken. Every single time that we go out and build up a team, that team is then also better on other mission fields. You don't just have to have one team that's focused just on athletics. You have many teams that are going through. It gives them an opportunity to get better, to train. This is a training ground, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Go ahead. All right, so we're going to talk about training, and then we're going to give you some practical how-tos. Um, so training first. This will sharpen your people. Along with it being a battle ground, this is a training ground. What we also see is this. People will be people. And I love people, but people sometimes suck. Okay? <laughs> they do. Uh, sometimes they're going to be jerks. They're going to go out there with a selfish attitude. Sometimes they're going to go out there and not even realize that they're hurting us. Um, you'll act, whenever you do this, you will see people's true motives on the battleground. And you'll see that with whatever you throw. Root bear catchers. Right? You see those people that are, are off to themselves, not doing anything, and they're causing problems and everything along those lines. Same thing here. But this is a true training ground because you're doing it week in and week out, over and over again, and building that long-term commitment with them. And it's also a proving ground for those who are untested in battle. Think about it. Do you want to be fighting next to someone who is constantly flaking out? It's causing more harm than good, right? So this is a proving ground because it's over and over and over again. It's not just a one and done for the year. It's six, seven, sometimes 25 uh, times, times uh, in a whole entire school year. Go ahead. And then also, ways that you can train. Invite to participate. Just because a guest is there does not mean that you can't call and tell them what to do. Okay? That's what happened to Robert. Hey, we need you to help break down this tent. Hey, we need you to help put this up. Hey, we need to go. Go ahead. Bring them to what you are doing. Allow them to build up. Also, when correction is needed, do it quietly off to the side. And if they can't, uh, uh, after the correction, if they're still not getting it, then do it public. Work on it. Allow them to uh, have that correction and be able to see, hey, this is not acceptable, and here's why. Tell them why. Allow them to always go back to the mission. And then also hands-on training. Show them how to do things on the team. Talk them through it. Naomi is great about this with the face paint. She helps people who've never face painted before be able to do it. And then also she directs all the guys away because we suck at painting. Uh, so it just allows us to be able to uh, have that hands-on training in the same way so that people can really see what their skill sets are and what their best fit is within the group. And then also spur them on. Don't let them get discouraged. Always be in there. Always be willing to help. And then also, one more helpful tip. Above all, remind your people why you're there on every occasion. When you go on the field, you have a group meet. Why are we here, folks? We're here for the people. When you leave, before you go, uh, when you leave the battlefield, you're leaving to go to the after park. Why are we here? We're here for the people. We're here to meet people, to bring people to Jesus. 
We're not here for ourselves. These will be the first thing that happens and the last thing that happens and all there in between. Remind the people why you are there on every occasion possible. Alright, go ahead. So, we're going to meet Roxy now <laughs> and hear about her experience. What a thing. Um, Kelly said, I'm Roxy. I just graduated from TU last May um, and I was part of the Caniacs. And I'm going to speak a little bit about attitude and kind of what that can do to shape um, events and ministry just in general. I am kind of on the same page as Naomi. I'm not a football person. I'm not a sports person. Um, but I'm a Jesus person. So uh, like Kelly said, the mission of Caniacs, just like any of the ministries that you all are involved in, is to seek and save lost people. Um, and then after that, she gave the platform that we do that on, which is going to football games. Um, and when I started with Caniacs, I was frustrated that that was the platform that I was being asked to reach people through. Um, and I was so fixated on the platform that I forgot about the most important part of, of our mission statement um, as a ministry of just reaching people. Um, and that would be the case, just like Kevin said, there will always be something that you're involved in, um, whether it be an event or a certain ministry where you're just like, man, I really don't like doing this. And if you become, and I'm preaching to myself here, if you become so fixated on, I really don't like doing this, then you start seeing all of the, those negative vibes um, that you're putting off affect other people that you're trying to reach and affect people that you that you wouldn't expect. Like when I would come home from a Caniac event and I would just be so angry and exhausted and my parents, who are not believers, would say, hey, why why are you so tired after you come from these ministry events? And it's like, what what message does that, does that put off to people? Um, and Kelly referenced multiple times during our Caniac season there were moments where we just got to each other and I think got to this point where we were like, why are we not seeing these tangible results that we want to see, that we think we deserve to see, um, versus the results that we weren't seeing, God working in the background in ways that we that we weren't privy to because there is a God and we are not Him. Um, we became so fixated on that that we really got to one another um, and, and let that kind of control our, let our emotions control how we respond to things, uh, which is never a good idea. And so it reached this point where, you know, I had a decision to make um, and it was either continue with this negativity and kind of this, this entitlement of I should get to decide how I reach people. Um, you know, you can continue down that path or you can look at it from the perspective of, okay, it's not about me. Um, it doesn't matter if I like football. It doesn't matter if I like sports. And ultimately, I don't know better than God. That is the conclusion that I had to reach. Um, and I admittedly am still working on that. Like today, when I put my Caniac shirt on, I was like, man, I really like, it still hurts to think about those times because I was a student at this ridiculously academically focused school that was so challenging in so many ways and I would go into these events with the mindset of like, this isn't going to work. And if I go in with the mindset, this isn't going to work, it isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I realized, I 
unfortunately, a little, a little too late in some ways that I was setting an example, but just not a Christ-like example. I was setting the example of, you don't want to be a part of this ministry because it's so frustrating and so hard. And um, that's just the reality of where, of where I was at. But thankfully, um, you know, I have awesome leaders like Kevin and Kelly, and it's like, it was just a moment of like, okay, I trust them, and I'm going to follow them. I know what their mission is. I know that they're about Jesus, and that's why they're here, and that's that's ultimately what it came down to. So, yeah, learning experience, definitely. <laughs> and I think, I mean, as I hear Roxy and Naomi speak, and I'll cry, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, why, we've talked so much about why for us as members, it's just a frustrating experience. And it's like, it's not because we don't love Jesus. It's not because we don't love people. Because I've seen these ladies pour their hearts out um, and strain to reach people in any way possible. And I think what sets this apart, just so that you have a clear picture, is when you look at your semester of minute or year of ministry events, all of your events that you do are different. You have a casino night and a murder mystery party, and you might not like one event, but that's one day or one little section of your semester. Going into a sports-oriented um, organization and environment is all the time. It's not, oh, football this time, and then tennis next week, which I actually like. No, it's football and football and football and football and football. And if you don't like football, it does drain on you, and it's the obstacle and it's Satan, and that's why it's so prevalent that people a part of Caniacs or a part of a sports organization have to fight through it, which, I mean, it trains us and it sharpens us and it ultimately makes us better and stronger and we can watch the people that are coming in and be like, if this is a struggle for you, don't even think it's about football. There's a ball being thrown around on the field and they'll score some touchdowns and that's awesome, but that's not why we're here. And um, I think that's part of the reason it's such, such a struggle is just because it's solely focused on one type of activity rather than a lot of different ones that you might host. Yeah, we didn't bring them here just so that we could get rag on us. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I mean, we're here to be real, and like, if this is what you're undertaking, it's a challenge. Yeah. Um, so we'll get super practical, and then we'll wrap up. And if you have any questions or comments for us, we'll be happy to answer them to the best of our ability. Um, so if you're like, OK, I want to do something like this on my campus. Uh, first off, this kind of fell into our lap, like Kevin said earlier. Um, there were some people that had started this, and then the coach that had taken over was a member of our church and was fully behind us. So we knew the obstacles that we were running into with administration and stuff like that. We kind of had a pull in our back pocket with, hey, your coach wants this to happen. Go talk to him. And we knew he wanted it to happen because we had a relationship with him. So talk to your athletic department. Talk to your marketing department. This could also be student life or other organizations, um, international students that have an opening. This was just ours. Um, and find out what need, what need needs to be filled, um, whether it's fan interaction, water coolers, and stuff like that. Start with one sport. Unfortunately, if you choose football, it's six home games a, a year, but that's okay. If you try basketball, it's a lot worse than that. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I say that just because we only have so much time spent. We, God provides all the energy that we need, but we need to be realistic and do what we can with what we've been given. Fully invest in that sport. Get to know your coaches, go to the radio shows and all the ancillary events that they have. Um, they, I know they do things like play sports or something like that where the football players get together and kids can come. 
and things like that that we haven't even ventured into yet just because of bandwidth. Um, but all those little tiny events, perfect ways to go in and connect. And you're building your rapport with the administration and with the staff as much as with the players and the coaches. Uh, Naomi was a, a gift in this and talking to alumni and seeing if they'll give you money. Seeing if they will donate to getting some t-shirts made or some handouts and giveaways made. They most likely will. And it may not even be through the Alumni Association. It Sometimes it's an alumni. Taco Bell. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's down the street. Um, a really, really cool fundraiser we discovered um, this summer is a car wash. And it's not where you get your soap in your buckets and you try to get cars and you hand wash them. The car washes that have started popping up with it where you drive through and it's all automated and you sit in your car and your car gets washed and you end up on the other side. Some of those business will allow you to come out um, and they'll give you a part of the proceeds. We raised, I think, about $2,500 this summer by taking two Saturdays where we were literally punching codes into a computer while people were driving through. And so some fundraisers happen in ways you just don't expect. Um, clearly create a name, look at your university or your school, the mascot, things like that, create a logo. Um, and create an identity. What is your organization going to be about on an, in addition to reaching people and making disciples? What is kind of your um, brand name going to look like? Yeah, and with the identity, it could be as simple as buying some silly plastic helmets that look Roman or whatever. You know, just standing out there and looking silly. Or it could be having giant flags like we do. That's our symbol for University of Tulsa since we're the Golden Hurricane. So we've got these ginormous flags that we have on the front of the football section. We wave them whenever they score and anything like that. And people know us by that. Set an identity for yourself. What works at your school? Lindenwood. Your alliance. What works at your school? You know, whatever that looks like. Take a, take a part of that and see what happens. And you have two different options. You can get student organization status, whatever that looks like at your university, um, or you can run it through an organization that you have currently existing. Like our organization, our ministry is Christians in Action. That has organization status at the University of Tulsa. So we kind of filter KNX through that. We don't have to name ourselves Christians in Action. We can name ourselves KNX. But anything that we need approval for, we have the organization there. Um, divide and conquer, like we talked about. Designate and delegate. Get your team, get your crew, get your people to help you. Um, and be realistic with them. Don't burn your people out. This is where I suck, okay? <laughs> I just go in in a minute. Don't burn your people out, okay? What that means is choose one sport, okay? Uh, my statewinism, where I just want to go and go and go and go and go and have fun, a lot of people are not like that. And they get burned out after one or two games. You need to be realistic. One season of football, that's realistic. Football, softball, basketball, baseball, you know, no, that's not realistic, okay? Because you also have other events on other campuses in your area that they need your help. Don't worry about your people. Have follow-up events. Throw watch parties for your away games. Um, a good place we've done this is the dorm room, the common areas in the dorm rooms. Um, get your laptop, hook it up to your TV, have people bring some snacks. The students will come in and you have a great way to connect with them. We are venturing this one possibly this year, going on road trips to the away games that are around you and seeing if students will come to that. Homecoming week is a week-long activities that you don't have to spend any money to throw because the university is doing it for you, but all the students are there just waiting to meet you. So get involved in the homecoming activities. Um, and learn the culture and be committed to the culture. I didn't go to the University of Tulsa, went to the University of South Florida, 
we play them every year, but who do I cheer for? I cheer for the University of Tulsa, because that's where God has placed me, and so that's what I do. And I know it tears some people apart to have to root for the opposing team, but in the end, that wins somebody's soul, it's completely worth it. Um, so, as we wrap up, we've watched a lot of people sacrifice their time and their energy and their talents. We've seen Naomi talk about overcoming obstacles. Um, we've watched Robert get plugged in, even though he runs away when he sees us. I don't know what that's about. And we're obviously fighting through heart and attitude changes. And as you, this is my second year of being involved with Caniacs, and as you kind of watch it develop and you step back, you watch something really cool begin to develop amongst your crew and your teammates. And as much as people are encouraging the players on the field, they begin to encourage one another. It's like, yeah, Roxy, we know you hate football, but you're, you are you are better than this. Like, you have a gift for many people, and you get to use it here. And that culture comes out of the stands and into your lives. And if there's something we need in our lives all over, it is more encouragement and more people being um, uplifted. And it's not, it's not because we love football, but there are people that will go to a football game that will never come to any other event we host. And if we're not, if we're not at the football game, we'll never meet them. But if we go to the football game, if we say, I don't care if I don't want to be there, I'm going to go, and we get to meet them, and people's eternity changes, that's what it's all about anyway. And it doesn't matter how tired or how sunburned we are or how frustrated we are, the ultimate goal has been achieved. All right. And that's all we have, guys. Um, we're going to be here to answer any questions, uh, anything. Put that one more slide. We'll put it on there that has our personal information on it. So if you've got to run right now, but you still have questions on how to make this work, feel free to write down our email and our phone numbers that we have up here. And uh, we would love to talk to you guys about how you can uh, invest into your community through athletics. Thank you so much. So happy you came. Hope you learned something. See you next time.